Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Well, I'm going to jump, kind of, I'm going to jump into something this morning, kind of, kind of carry on what I began to talk about a few weeks ago and, and something that I'm excited about. Last year, Pastor Walt and had the team go to uh, a couple of conferences that, that really focused on discipleship and just the basics of what it means to be a Christ follower. And through that process, we begin to focus and, and look at some things and begin to realize that, that when a person follows Jesus, that's not just an, you know, it's an immediate transition of salvation, but it's a process of life. And so what we discovered in that is, is if, it took, if it took Jesus to disciple his guys and his team, if it took them three and a half years, come on, how many of you know that it's probably going to take somewhere in that for us too, right? And even at the three and a half years, they were still messed up. And so we're not looking to, to preach that you're going to leave here today and be perfect, but you are in a process. And through that process, come on, God begins to, will begin to speak to you. And through that process, uh, life begins to change. Your thoughts begin to change. And, and there's a foundation laid that goes from what the Bible calls the old man to the new man. And uh, so to this morning, Matthew chapter 7, we're going to read here. It says that verse 24 through 27 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew beat and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. And so one of the things that we've kind of latched on into, into this thought is Jesus says that in order for us to be wise, and, and let me tag this, Pastor Walt's been preaching a series on wisdom, and the definition for wisdom there that he used is being skillful in your craft and a desire to do things right. To be skillful in your craft and a desire to do things right. You know, and that, again, that's a process. But Jesus said this. He said, those that hear my words and practice my words will be wise. Those that hear my words and practice my words will be, will be wise. And so we want to make sure that, that in our walk with God, as we're, as we're doing those things, we're hearing and practicing, uh, our intention on that is to have wisdom comes in our life because wisdom causes things to last. And, you know, you look at any of the mistakes that, that, that many of us have made in life and just the process of life, most of the mistakes we made, come on, were due to a lack of wisdom. And so wisdom's the ability to learn. It's the ability to increase your skill uh, in certain areas. And Jesus modeled this, and we'll talk about that this morning, that, that wisdom, wisdom is that thing that protects you from making mistakes over and over. You know, I heard years ago they, they, the, uh, a guy preaching about a boxer and most people say that, you know, when a, when a guy gets knocked down, they, what, what the, the saying is, if you get knocked down, is to get back up. But if you get back up and do the same thing, you're probably going to get knocked down again, right? And so through that process, the wisdom says, get back up and do something different, right? Get back up and do something different. And so Jesus, through his teachings, never taught us to get back up and do the same foolish things. He always taught us to get back up and let wisdom come in, hear my words, practice my words, and do something different. Come on, that would be considered wisdom, right? And so, so that's kind of what we laid out a couple of weeks ago, and then we talked about Jesus reaches us from a place of health. He's not trying to take advantage of us. He's coming from a healthy place, a strong place. He loves you, he believes in you, and he wants to pick you up, come on, to the level that his blood was shed for you. 
And so well, I heard a Tony Evans say that, that even in life, when you, when you don't understand or you can't follow his hand, trust his heart. And so there are times that we don't, we don't understand, but what we do understand is that God is a good God, and Jesus is the high priest of good things to come. And so even when we can't see it clearly, come on, faith kicks in and says, God, even though I don't understand what your hand is doing this moment in my life, I do understand that, and trust that, you, that I trust your heart and know that you're a good God. So even though I can't see it clearly, even though I don't understand clearly, I'm going to walk this out and trust you and follow you uh, because of your goodness, right? And so he comes from a healthy place. And then through this passage, this passage, and I love Matthew chapter 7. I mean, it just lays it out. What it's teaching us is to, to develop a foundation. And, and in order to, to develop a foundation, it's so that we don't fall and we, so that we don't make the same mistakes. And so Jesus had certain rhythms in his life. He had certain things that he focused on in his life, certain skills that he used to develop a foundation. And no matter where he went or how many miracles happened, no matter, no matter how many celebrations and, 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 and things that they went through and faced along the way, he always stayed balanced with these foundations. And so, you know, a lot of times we think, hey, if we can figure A plus A out or, you know, or, 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 or five times five out, we can figure this thing out, then we got, we got this solution. We won't have to put the same amount of energy into it but the reality is, if we get, around, get away from the foundation, we get away from wisdom. And if we get away from wisdom, come on, we'll get away from the things that, that, that God's put in our life to help us last and to help things continue. And so we want to continue to stay focused in our relationship with Jesus on this foundation that he said the streams couldn't beat, the pain couldn't beat. If you go back and read and, and really dig into that, He's wanting us to stay focused and, and always allow that foundation to keep us moving forward. We build on the foundation. We don't build away from the foundation. So we're never going to get to a place where we don't need to do the, the skills that Jesus taught us to do. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Amen. And so John chapter 15 tells us, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, I like, it, I like to talk about fruit because fruit means something good's happening. And, and all of us want fruit in our lives. All of us want to see the fruit of God operating in our lives. Most of the things that happen in our life that cause chaos and, and, and discord and, and, and things around us to go crazy is usually when there's no fruit involved, right? Somebody say fruit. And so in order to have fruit, Jesus said, I am the vine. Who said it? Jesus said, I'm the vine. Who's the vine? Who's the vine? Who's the branches? Who's the vine? Who's the branches? And so he says, I'm the vine, you're the, you're the branches. He says, and then he, and he goes on to say something interesting. I'm saying this, Jesus said this, I'm not saying this, so don't get upset with me, but he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. Somebody said that'd be, that's a pretty strong statement. And what he's saying is there are things you can do, but it's not going to have kingdom fruit or long-term fruit. You can do some things outside of me, but the end result's not going to be good. And so in Jesus, he's the vine, we're the branch. When the branch is connected to the vine, there's going to be fruit in your life. There's going to be joy in your life. There's going to be peace in your life. Love is going to be actively working in your life, right? And so uh, he's telling us that, that branches can't live without a vine. Now, in my own life, I've tried this. I've tried to do it, you know, God's way and then try to do it my own way. And then what I found in my own way, come on, is, is he's right. Apart from him, I could do nothing. And so 
uh, we're connected there. And so Jesus is, is, is teaching us here in Matthew 7 that we're, we're to develop certain skill sets, that if wisdom is being skillful in our craft and being aware of the things that we need to add or take away and that kind of thing, uh, he's, he's given us a set of skill sets. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Kobe Bryant passed away in a tragic, tragic accident. And I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. I, I, I like basketball. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. And, you know, after Michael Jordan retired, I thought I'll never enjoy basketball again. And certain elements I don't because he was so special. But I felt like in the game of basketball, Kobe kind of stepped into that role and, and ended up having great success, five championships, uh, uh, multiple MVP, and, and just had a true impact. Went on after his career and, and won an Oscar and, and several other major awards there. And I'm not here praising Kobe, but one of the things that I, I was watching a, a video here a while back, and he was talking about how he had to learn to develop skill sets. He, he went right out of high school into the NBA. I mean, he went straight into the game. Similar to us, you can have an unbeliever sitting here today receive Jesus into their life, and immediately they're stepping into the game. And so uh, uh, early on in Kobe's career, they get to the playoffs and get to playing the jazz and and, uh, a a hardcore game. And again, he's 18 years old. He's in a big game. And what, what we discover is that wasn't a time, come on, that we're celebrating championships. There was something missing at that point. And he didn't quite have the skills that it took. And so if we have that video this morning. Five seconds left. Four. Brian drives. Pull out. Shot on the way. No Air ball. Air ball. Air ball. Air ball. Eight seconds. Seven seconds. Here's a three-point. Air ball. Now think about this. In that, that's not the Kobe, come on, that we saw a few years ago hitting, hitting 60 points in his final game. And so I was watching this interview, and I thought it was powerful, uh, that Kobe had done several years ago after he retired, and he, he went back to that game right there in his rookie year. Playoffs, missed two game-winning shots, shot four air balls in less than five minutes. And he said what he discovered in that moment was he didn't, he, he, compared to other players, he went from playing 25 games a year, come on, to 80 games a year, And so when it got to the point of the playoffs, he said, when I got to that point, I just didn't have the skills. And he said, I was fast, but I wasn't the fastest. I was strong, but I wasn't the strongest. He said, I could jump high, but my vertical was only 40, and I wasn't in a place where my skill sets, were, uh, uh, where I had that strength and foundation to make it through an entire season to hit a game-winning shot. Now, it's commendable that he was willing to take the shot. But he wasn't in a place where he was ready to make that kind of shot, okay? And so they get off the plane to come home that night. You know where he goes? Everybody else goes and does what they want to do. He went to the gym. They come back from Utah. He goes to the gym. uh, A short period of time later, he sits down with Allen Iverson, who was another great basketball player. And he goes to Philadelphia, and he sits down, and he goes to dinner with him, and they have a great talk about basketball and life. Kobe goes to drop him off at the hotel, uh, or his house, and so he asked Alan, he said, hey, what are you about to do? Alan Iverson said, I'm going to the club. Kobe, he said, and Alan asked Kobe, he said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to the gym. And that's the difference is, is recognizing what are the skills that are missing, what are the skills that I need to build this foundation, and even though I may not have it all together today, I'm willing to stay focused and stay in that place. Come on, somebody where I realize it may not all be there now, come on, but there's going to come a day where I'm going to have the foundation that I need. Many of you in here, you already have that foundation, and that's tremendous. Go help somebody else get it, right? 
And so, so Jesus, the same way that, that, that in our lives that we realized that, 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 that Kobe realized I just didn't have the strength and the skills to, to sustain at that level, it didn't change the fact that he was in the game. But if you look over a 20-year period, the difference in a great player is, you know, great players win games. But our good players win games, but great players make those around them better. And so through that process and time, somehow that all came together for him, just like it did for Jordan and many, many other greats and many of you that are in here today. But there, was a, there, was skill, there are skill sets when you follow Christ. If we're going to build a foundation, if we're going to hear his words, practice his words, and have wisdom operating in our life, then there's certain foundations, come on somebody, that Jesus modeled. And, and used to watch, you, know, you hear people talk about that, foundations, and you gotta, you know, you gotta have it all together and have that, have that level and that place that you stand that, that won't break, and, and, and I get it. But I think, I think many, years, you know, many years ago, people talked more about this, but I think we're coming back into a place today where we realize without that foundation, without that foundation, Things just aren't what they, they need to be. There may be good things happening, but that foundation centers us and puts us in a place where we can have long-term fruit and long-term uh, and longevity in life. You know, I like what Pastor Lane, we were talking to a guy a few weeks ago, and Pastor Lane said, seek the fruit of the Spirit before you seek the gifts of the Spirit. What good does it have the gift of the Spirit if you're mean? Come on, what, what, what good does it have the gifts of the Spirit flowing in your life if you're angry or, or tired or weary. So seek the fruit of the Spirit, then seek the gifts of the Spirit. And as the two start working together, it'll be balanced out so our witness won't be blown, right? It, it's just consistency. And so Jesus gave us certain skills. Everybody say skill sets. And I know this, this isn't real exciting, but I promise you, these are the things, come on, that are going to keep your, your children engaged and will keep, keep your marriage together and keep your business rolling. And, and it's the foundation upon which we live. Amen? And so Jesus had certain skills that, that worked for him. And, and so one of those skills was praying. He had a strong skill in praying. And, and Luke 15, 16 says that Jesus withdrew to a lonely place and he prayed. And so Jesus, listen, took time to communicate to God. Now, the word prayer, you could, it has several different meanings. It means supplication. It could mean uh, 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 intercession. It could mean a petition. I mean, there's different types of prayers, but prayer in general is, is a supplication or it's a request, or it, but really it's communication to God. Now, the skill that Jesus shows here, it says that he, he withdrew to a, to a lonely places and he prayed. What are lonely places? Lonely places are, are places in your life, come on, where you can't be distracted. Have you ever sat down to try to focus or read the Word or read your Bible or read Scripture or pray or, you know, really spend some time? I want to spend some time with God today. Anybody? And you ever sit down to do it and then that watch that Pastor Daniel was talking about takes off or that uh, all of a sudden you get five phone calls or your kids have a disaster, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever gotten that place and realized that every time that you, that you, that you take the time, you know, Pastor talks about this a lot, you've got to take the time to spend with Jesus? Because if we spend time with Jesus, then we'll hear his word, then we'll practice his word, then wisdom will start working in our lives. And so through the process of Jesus would go to lonely places to pray. Didn't mean he was lonely. He just went to places where he couldn't be distracted. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would, would go out to my, my uncle's cabin in San Saba, and that was before phones, cell phones, and all that stuff. And he would literally a week every year go seclude himself. And he would take time to pray because there wasn't, there, was, there wasn't time for distractions. And I think that, that, that prayer, prayer in general is not a fun topic to talk about anyway. It's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not a shouting type deal. 
but communication to God sets up everything else, come on, in your life to work. Communication to God is the first level of foundation that operates as a Christian. We have access to Jesus. And so when we take the time to pray and we take the time to communicate and we develop the skill of killing the distraction, it's a skill. That's why Jesus went to lonely places. He went to obscure places. He went to places where he couldn't be, you know, be distracted. And so if you're not careful, even, even in the sincerity of your walk with Christ, you'll look up and say, I really, I don't know if I've really spent the time with Jesus that I need to. Uh, I know he loves me. I know I love him, but life is so busy and chaotic and, and you know, the, the kids got to be at the soccer game and we got this meeting and, you know, before long life and all the things that come with that, you look up and say, I'm sincere in my walk with God, but I'm really not spending the time that I need. You know that in your own life, right? And we can all balance that for ourselves. And so taking time to pray and developing a skill of not being distracted is a powerful thing. Because the, the, the closer I get in that, the, more, more cl- the closer that I can get with Jesus and talk to, talk to Jesus and communicate with God without distraction, then the more clear things are going to get in my life. And so it puts me in a position where everything around me takes a backseat. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He's not saying that so because he's a hard taskmaster. He's telling us to seek me first because I have the answer you need. Seek me first because my foundation is going to cause you to take steps and to do things that you never thought it was possible to do. And so as we seek him first in that way and, and, and get in a position, come on somebody, where there's, no, where there's no distraction, and that can even be in marriage or friendships or, or whatever. There are certain times you have to take, come on, to, to close the door, Take the time and communicate with God. What's the result of it? He's going to answer. You know, God answers prayers. If you, if you read, read, the, read, the, read the scripture, you'll find out that, I remember Paul, Paul was in jail. People started praying for him. What happened? Angel showed up, shook the place, released. Hannah couldn't have a baby. She was barren. She cried out to God and said, God, I, I, I need a son. Honor me. I need a son. And if, you, if you'll give me a son, I will put him in your hands. And she communicated to God. And what happened? She ended up giving birth to Samuel. And so if you, if you look throughout Scripture, you'll find out that God answers prayers. And so we don't, we're not teaching you to pray uh, to be uh, legalistic or fulfill a duty. We're teaching you to communicate with God because as you communicate with God, come on, he's going to communicate with you. And he's gentle and he's powerful and, he's, and, he, and he'll speak into your life. He'll convict you of the things that are out of, out of line so he can get things in line. And so as we take time and we pray and we communicate with God, I'm here to tell you today that God still answers prayers. And so, so we want to focus on that. Uh, I, I love this statement. Don't allow the physical to delay your spiritual. Don't allow the physical to delay your spiritual. In other words, don't allow the distractions to delay what God wants to do in your life. Yeah, but pastor, I got this thing to do. You're always going to have a thing to do, right? We're always going to have a thing to do. But we don't, allow, we don't allow the physical to interrupt the spiritual. And if we'll seek first the spiritual, then all, then all the, the, the physical stuff will come into play. That's why he said, seek, seek first the kingdom of God. And what does it say? And all these things will be added to you. So don't seek the things. Come on. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the stuff on the inside and the outside stuff you won't have to worry about, right? God has a way of making that work. And so uh, one of the skills Jesus developed there is the skill of praying and, and, and not being distracted. Another, another skill that Jesus developed, are you with me here this morning? Yes. 
is reading scripture. Again, I know I'm not preaching fun stuff this morning, right? But it's true stuff, reading scripture. And so Luke 4 says that Jesus read scripture. Jesus read from the scrolls and and, and him and his team would gather and, and they'd read scripture and then he'd give them direction. And so uh, reading scripture, listen to me, is communication from God. Prayer is communication to God. Reading scripture is communication from God directly into your life, right? That's where faith comes alive. And so what, what's reading scripture do in our lives? The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so when you take the time to read scripture, uh, and, and to get, it, get into what we call God's word and, and allow him to start speaking to us, we receive communication from God and God starts speaking directly into our life. And through the scriptures, you'll find every answer in life you're ever going to need. I know I'm preaching to the choir here this morning, but, but what's it doing in our life? What, what is that skill of taking time to, to read the word and to read scripture and get that word into us, the, the, uh, uh, the, the word of God? We're not living on bread alone. We're living on the words of God. What's it doing in our life? Listen to me, church. It gives you fresh insight. We learn more about the nature of God. If you know about the nature of God, then, then believing God's not a problem. Because you realize that God's on your side. Come on. He's the God that'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the high priest of good things to come. And so the nature of God is not here to beat us up or tear us down or, or, or wither us away. And, you know, and that may not be exciting as a new revelation off a Hebrew word or Greek word, but I'm telling you today, when you get a true understanding of how good God is and how, 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 how he can speak into your life and you realize how, that, that his very nature is not only available around you, but it's available to you, which ends up being in you, that you're not here. If you've received Jesus in your life, you have his nature on the inside of you. Isn't that powerful? And so he gives us fresh insight. He, we learn more about his nature. He helps us refocus. That means when Thursday comes or Wednesday comes and, and you're busy and you're tired and you're weary, you take a little scripture reading time. Come on. He helps you refocus. And he, he, you, know, you may be feeling it. And you know in your own life, you're, you're, you're all intelligent. And so you know in your life when something's out of balance. You know when you're, when you're starting to feel that way where, hey, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to do the wrong thing. Or, hey, I'm tired. I just, I'd like to do, you know, just, just forget the world and, and, and do whatever it does that entertains you. Are you with me here this morning? And so what happens is when you spend time in Scripture, even though your natural mind may be having those thoughts, it, re- it re-centers and refocuses you so that you don't follow those patterns, come on, that aren't built on that foundation. And so scripture begins to work in your life, and it becomes the, and the Bible refers to it as the living word of God. And it's God's word working in you, and, and, and it refocuses us, and it helps us make better choices. Amen? Man shall not live by bread alone. Number three, number three, this is a fun one for you, fasting. It ain't fun for me. I'm going to Henry's after church. I have to deal with this later, Lord. Let's not preach this point. Let's just skip over it. But fasting, Jesus, the, the Bible says that Jesus fasted. And Matthew 4, uh, verse 2 says that after f- uh, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, it says Jesus was hungry. I think I'd be hungry too, right? And so fasting, what, what fasting is, and, and, and again, it's part of the foundation of, of being a Christian is, and that don't mean go try to fast 40 days and 40 nights. I, I'm not advising that at all. What fasting is, it's a physical sacrifice to gain spiritual clarity. It's a physical sacrifice to gain spiritual clarity. And so 
taking time to fast doesn't mean, you, you know, you can fast from a lot of different things. It's, this is about what God's speaking to you. He may, he may tell you to give up a cheeseburger. He may tell you to lay down your, your, your watch like Pastor Daniel talked about today. He may tell you to, to, he won't tell you to leave your wife. Come on. And if you do, it'll be for a very short time. And then he says, come back together quickly. That was a joke, by the way. And so, so what, what fasting does is it opens the door. You're sacrificing something not to get God's attention because you already have it. You're sacrificing something just because you want to take time to develop disciplines in your life and to get spiritual clarity from God. And while you're getting spiritual clarity, you're also building those disciplines in. You're, you know, if it's food, you can fast. Hey, you might lose five pounds. Who knows? Come on. And so through the process, it's a, it's a time to get spiritually focused, emotionally focused, uh, 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 mentally focused in every area of life. And so whatever God's speaking to you, I'm not telling you to go fast for 40 days and 40 nights, but I'm telling you, hey, spend some time, take some time and decide, hey, I'm going to fast this. Because this is taking two, you know, this, may, this is an area that if I lay down, and I know in the non-denominational churches that we don't, we don't teach a whole lot on this uh, because, because of religion and different things, but there are some uh, things that we don't want to do for tradition's sake, but there are some things that Jesus said to do. And so through the process of fasting, as I take the time to give up something, to gain spiritual clarity, then it might lead me in a direction I've never been. Just take the time, right? It's part of the foundation. So I know it's not a fun topic this morning, but, but fasting, it produces those things. And, and if, you, if you need notes on that, you can, you can email me or something, I can get them to you. But you know, here's some things. It says, we'll hear from God. We create discipline. Uh, we, our body can detox. And then listen to me. Last thing on fasting, don't set yourself up for failure. If you've never fasted before, I do not encourage you to say, I'm going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't, don't do that. Come on, fa- fast Wednesday's cheeseburger or, or, or Tuesday's Taco Tuesday. Or so, you know, find something that's relevant in your life and just, 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 just set yourself up for success in that. Come on, somebody. I'm not fasting Henry's after church today. That's probably really going to happen. Don't set yourself up for failure. Number four, Jesus developed the skill of submitting. Jesus developed the skill of submitting, and I love this because this is what changed my life. Jesus, in Matthew 26, 39, he said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And that's a moment of developing the skill of laying down all agenda. And, you know, I remember uh, when I was, I've told this story several times here, but I remember standing in our living room when, when I decided, I, you know, I, I'm ready to do something for God. I was trying to figure it all out. How's it going to work? How are people going to receive us? How's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? And standing in the living room out in Miles, Texas, I made a decision that day. And I remember standing right behind the couch, and I said, all right, Lord, here, here it is. I'm tired of doing things my way. I was a Christian but I was still doing things my way. I'm tired of doing things my way. I'm tired of figuring it all out. You're real, and so today I make a decision in my life, and I decide today, not my will be done, but your will be done. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And when I laid that down and just let it go and walked away from it, so I took all the pressure left me. And I said, I'm tired of figuring it out because how many of you know everything in, in, in the kingdom of God has an authority? And you can't be in authority if you're not under authority. And so Jesus, not only was he in authority, but Jesus was under authority. And even Jesus still takes the time in, in the Garden of Gethsemane there and says, not my will be done, but your will be done. 
after he was sweating great drops of blood and all the pain and all the agony and all the things. So my, my point in that is, is if we're submitting and we develop the skill of submitting, then we learn in our lives how, how to realize that, that, that my agenda is not the purpose here. It used to make me mad when people would say that. If it's the Lord's will, I go, hmm? I thought it was a cop-out. And some people would say, hey, I'll be there tomorrow if it's the Lord's will. I used to respond and say, it is the Lord's will, so be there. I was a jerk. And it would, I'm being sincere this morning, it would irritate me when people would say, just pray God's will. Because I know his word is his will, I get that. But there are some times that I can take the word and interpret it to the victory that David wants to have. Come on. It didn't say this is the victory that, that David overcomes. He said this is the victory that we overcome. Come on, somebody. But not in our own strength. And so I, 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 in that point of, of submitting, it's a moment where we lay things down and we let the pressure go. We let the agenda go. We let all, of, you know, all the things that we have working in our life there, trying to figure it out. We simply lay those things down and say, God, not my will be done. Here's my heart. Here's my life. I hand it over to you. I place it into your hands. And now I'm going to trust you. And even though I don't understand what your hand's doing, I do trust your intentions. And I do trust your heart because you're a healthy God. And that's part of that foundation, right? Everybody say foundation. So when we lay down agendas, come on somebody, it opens up a new course of life. It opens up a new place for God to speak and move you from where you are to where he wants it to be. And maybe you're here and you say, I don't understand that. I don't understand how all this is going to work. Listen to me, neither do I. None of us, we're all looking through a glass darkly, right? That's what the scripture says. And so through that process, we don't have to understand it all. We don't even have to understand how his hands are orchestrating it. Just trust his heart. Trust his heart. Remember, he gave his life for you. It wasn't the other way around. Just trust his heart. Stay on that foundation. And even if somebody, somebody or something or some, something's going on in your life that tries to shift you off of that foundation, you just decide, my feet are on the rock. And he is the way maker. And even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working, right? Part of that foundation. Everybody say foundation. It's part of the skill sets. Matthew 26, uh, 30 says that Jesus worshiped and that Jesus sang hymns. Jesus actually sang songs. And, and, and what we find in Scripture is, is, is that worship and singing many times go hand in hand. Worship and songs go hand in hand. And, and the reason is, is because you many times will learn more Scripture through song than you will just reading, Right? When you're in the car and you're zooming, you're hearing all these cool songs, these worship songs. Some of you sing in the shower. Some of you sing well in the shower. But scripture and worship's always tied. It's always hand in hand, taking time. You know, there are times where I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'll just put a soft song on. Or sometimes a loud song, or whatever it takes, come on, to, to get me in that mold. But if Jesus took time to sing and to worship, and I don't care if you can sing or can't sing, if Jesus sang and took time to worship, don't you think we ought to take a little time to worship too? It's just sincerity. It's standing in that place of just allowing God to move and to work in your life. And then people say, well, you know, I don't need to worship. I got it all figured out. That kind of attitude is going to get you, right? Worship Jesus in spirit and truth. That's what Jesus said. Those that worship me, worship me in spirit and truth. Song help us memorize scripture. Even when I can't feel it. 
even when I can't see it. Some of you are going to go home singing that today. And then your wife's going to be like, stop, you're driving me crazy. You say, I'm just worshiping. They can't get you for worshiping, man, right? We remember songs. We sing, you know, we take time to sing. We hum them. There's times, you know, even if we're at the office, sometimes I'll go down the hall and something will hit me, I'll just sing it. Because because that's what worship does. It puts you in a place, come on, to memorize and to hear and to speak. The Bible says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. Come on. But what comes out of his mouth. And if worship is coming out of our mouth, I guarantee you, you cannot go wrong. And so take time to sing. And I know that may sound a little corny this morning, but hey, if it worked for Jesus, come on, I think it'll work for us too, right? And then the last thing thought this morning as we're getting ready to close is, is that Jesus practiced community. We're in a time of year right now, we're about ready to launch into groups, and, and, and we were ready last week, but the ice storm came, and so plan A went from last Wednesday to this week, right? So how many of you know Jesus don't have plans of B, C, and D? It's just plan A goes to new plan A. And so we're going new plan A this week with, with our groups, and got financial peace class started and those kind of things. But Jesus spent time with others. Luke 22, 7 through 23, you can read about it. It even talks about communion there. He spent time with others, and, and, and the Lord spoke this to me this week, and that's not just something that, 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 that's just something to do. Are you with me here this morning? I don't care if you're introverted, extroverted, wh- whatever your personality is and this kind of thing, Jesus spent time with others, and there's a purpose to this. And so uh, uh, God kind of spoke this to me this week, and, and the, the, he, gives me, he gave me three levels, three levels of places and people that we deal with in life. And so, so get this in your heart this morning, and we're going to get ready to pray. But you have those that need you. That's those you give back to. There's those that need you, community, those that, that need your wisdom, those that you speak into. I have guys and people in the church here that, that I speak into on a weekly basis, and they text back and forth, and, and several have asked, hey, can you help disciple me? We give back. Everybody say give back. And so in life, we spend time with those that need us, we spend time with those that sharpen us. That's our peers. That's those that kind of are on the same level. And the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Jesus is part of his foundation, right? And so he practiced community. So iron sharpens iron. And then the third level there are those that feed you. Those that feed you, you know, and, 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 and that's the people, come on somebody, that look at you, help you, speak into your life and pull you up to where you're supposed to be. I remember when, when I got saved and got into ministry and, you know, I developed relationships and I was good at giving back and I was good at the iron sharpening iron, but I, but I didn't quite have as many people in my life, come on, that were pulling me up. And I remember meeting people like Brandon Holler and Pastor Walt and Dr. Carmen and, and, and Charles Neiman and people who would speak into my life. And, and before long, come on, somebody, because they did so well at pulling me up and speaking in my life that those iron sharpened iron conversations got better on the peer level and then I was able to reach down and help those that were in need. And so it's no different from you. Find people in your life that you can take what you have and give them what you know. Don't give them what you don't know, but give them what you know. And then find those in life that you can eat breakfast with or, or have coffee with or, or text with or whatever it is that you do that create that peer pressure, that, that, that iron sharpens iron. You make each other better. And then find somebody, come on somebody, if Jesus needed community, this is where groups come in and this is where leaders come in and elders come in and pastors come in and you come in. Find somebody who knows more than you do. Find somebody who knows more than you do 
and let them pull you up to another level. Let them challenge you, hold you accountable, speak into your life, correct things that need to be corrected, and let them mentor you, and then all of a sudden your peer life gets better, your marriage gets better, your relationship with your kids gets better, your, your courage and your faith gets better. And then those that, you, that need you and those that, 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 that you reach out to help, come on, you can actually help them to get them up to peer level. And then your hope is they surpass you to a mentor level where they reach back, come on somebody, and they, they, they leave you in the dust and go help somebody else. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Can I pray with you this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Father, you said those that hear your words, practice your words, would develop wisely, Father God, would develop wisdom in their skill and begin to operate in a whole new level, Father. We thank you today that we don't take your foundation for granted. We don't take, Father God, just the basic principles that you taught and the things that you spoke to us. We don't take those things for granted this morning. We openly receive them today. And we go to a new level. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, my foundation's been a little rocky. Maybe you have cracks in your foundation. Maybe you're here today and you have no foundation at all. I have good news for you in every single one of those areas today. That God is a God, come on, somebody that can fix the crack. He can build the foundation. He can repair things that no one else can. And so today we're focused on that foundation. Just say this with me today. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We receive that foundation today. The things in my life that are, that are drifting or the places in my life where I'm tempted to get off of the foundation, I declare today, my feet are grounded upon you. I put my trust in you today. And I'm ready in my life to put the physical on delay so I can have the spiritual working in my life. Now, Father, you said all things work together for good for those who love you. We declare today, Father God, I just speak it over each and every person today that you're moving in their life. You're moving in their hearts, Father God. You're moving in their families this morning. And I declare foundations, Lord. I, I declare a place of, of strength where the storms come, but the storms can't get in. Where the pain comes and the temptations come and the things that, that come to wreck their world. I just declare today there's a supernatural protection over our lives today because of the foundation that you've given us. And Father, give us a hunger for your word that's new. Give us a power, Father God, to operate in the Holy Spirit, Lord, in a, in a way that you want us to as a church. And we thank you for that today. Everybody say this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I lay down my life, and I place it in your hands. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.